Do you want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? Well, I deeply understand that, and that's why I want to find a source that we both could trust, you and me, and I found this podcast. So let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter, healthier choices every single week. And don't just take my word for it. (laughs) Avid podcast fan Joanne's Apple Review says this. Joanne's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is always informative and always understandable. And that she's definitely a healthier person listening to this and following Zoe's advice, which I love. We love sources that you can trust. And if you're ready to join millions of others like Joanne, transforming their health and like me, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to your podcast. I promise you will not regret it. It is an awesome show and I've learned so much from it. Go check it out. Oh, I love that. That is so smart, honestly, because when you tell your brain, especially when it's your protection mechanism, right? Like the alcohol is a protection mechanism to make you feel safe, secure, confident, whatever it is. When you say, oh, I'm going to take this away from you. Never again. Your ego is going to fight back 10 times and you're going to want to get blackout and you're going to want to get like twice as drunk because Mm -hmm. it's going to retaliate. We need to work with our mind because our mind doesn't, our ego especially does not like being told no when it thinks that you are taking away its protection mechanism. More personal, more vulnerable, more open, more fucking real than ever. Who's ready to strip down and dive in? I'm Kayla Rose and this is Skinny Dipping. Rebirth. You've arrived at your destination. No, I feel it. The social pressure, the shame, the depression. Alcohol and drinking is something that is widely accepted within society and yet is one of the most damaging things to our mind, body, and spirit. And trust me, like, don't don't get freaked out. No judgment here. This isn't a podcast that's going to convince you to go sober. That's not the purpose. That's not what we're here to do. Who knows how I'll feel after this conversation. I have no idea how any of us will feel. But don't leave yet. I just want to share with you this author's story only in hopes of opening up this conversation and diving into the emotions and the processes around alcohol. Since it's such a big part of our society, we might as well fucking talk about it. Drinking Games author is said to be vulnerable, yet never judgmental in her memoir on her journey to go sober and the social critique around the place it has in our culture and society. Skinny dipping fam, I would love to welcome on amazing author and writer, Sarah Levy. Come to the mic, beautiful. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on because this is coming at such a good time for me because I have been so sober curious and I have been doing like three weeks at a time where I do no alcohol, like not a sip of alcohol, no drinks at dinner. And I've just realized it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. The social pressure when I go out to nice dinners, that pressure around even in my relationship, pre- like the relationship pressure. And it's just coming at such a good time. My therapist was like, Kayla, like, I feel like you need to have this conversation. So I don't know if anyone else needs to hear it out there, but I'm excited and I'm so happy to have you on. How has your podcast tour been going? You've gone on so many. Yeah. 
I've been having a lot of conversations with people promoting my book, talking about drinking games and my road to sobriety. And it's been really fun. I love getting to talk to different people. And it's so good to meet you, Kayla. And I'm just excited to to talk to you. I'm excited too. And congratulations on your book. It has amazing reviews. I'm not going to lie. I haven't read it, but I am going to read it after this conversation. We just set this up last week. So I was like, should I read it in a week? And then I was like, I don't think I have time for that in the midst of everything (laughs) going on. But I am so excited to read it. And I'm so excited to dive into your story today and before we get into it guys just make sure to subscribe if you're new grab yourself a big glass of water let's get into the conversation okay guys who's ready to strip down and dive in it's skinny dipping bitches hey okay so I love to start my podcast with the vulnerability moment and I know we're going to talk about you know your story and the social context around drinking and sobriety and whatever else comes up in this conversation but I really want us to know you and I want us to you know get vulnerable for a second with each other so I have a little segment and it's called own your shit and today I want to have you own your shit because everyone has to come up on the podcast and own their fucking shit because when we own it it doesn't own us so I love it what is something that you've been trying to heal or maybe move through but the same emotion or pattern keeps coming back love that question I think I have a tendency sometimes, you know, when it's like fight, flight, or freeze with Mm -hmm. our emotions, something that I am trying to move through is I freeze sometimes when I experience uncomfortable emotions. So I had a conversation, for example, with my mom yesterday where she shared some information with me and I found it like a little upsetting and I didn't process it or feel it Mm -hmm. until like this morning, you know? Um, And so I think just continuing and, you know, that's, that's why I drank right was like Mm. I would come up against emotions that made me uncomfortable whether it was you know I felt uncomfortable in my body I felt shame I felt like I wasn't good enough right I felt like I was Mm. less than I wasn't lovable whatever the emotion was I would sort of freeze compartmentalize it and drink over it Mm. I've removed the alcohol now and I've you know I have different tools that I use therapy and meditation and write a lot of different a lot of different tools in my in my toolkit but I think still there is that instinct sometimes to freeze when I receive information that maybe makes me uncomfortable uncomfortable or I don't totally know how to process it and so that's something that I'm challenging myself to work on Mm. you know is to pause when I receive some kind of news or write someone says something to me that I don't particularly um, resonate with, mm. give myself the space to feel the emotions and then maybe react accordingly, like closer to when it actually happens instead yeah. of like three days later crying and being like, that actually really upset me. Totally putting it off. Yeah. I feel like there's such a balance there. Cause it's like your body just trying to protect you. And it's like, uh, it, it's tough. And like, sometimes things do come up days later. Sometimes it comes up weeks later. And, and I think that is good that you just like have such a deep awareness of it. You said like, you know, when the difficult emotions came up, you, you would drink, um, and kind of turn to alcohol. And what did that give you? Was it like, was it, um, relief or confidence or, cause I know a lot of people find like that confidence to maybe speak their mind when they've been drinking a little bit mm-hmm. or uh, like the little liquid courage, the bravery yeah. to talk to that person or, or to maybe even feel your feelings. Like in moments like that, what would alcohol give you? Yeah. I love that question. I drank pretty late 
in life, like it seemed at the time, I was 16 or 15, 16. It's mm. actually not that late. But like yeah. when your friends are starting to drink at like 13 or whatever, mm. I was like a, a late bloomer. And I loved it. Like from the first sip, I loved it. I was like, oh my God. It was like the volume was turned down in my brain on that voice that had always been there telling me like, oh my God, the inner critic, the inner, the inner critic. critic that was always going all the time to exactly. shut the fuck up. She finally shut the fuck up my whole life. She had just been like, you're, I mean, and I had an eating disorder. So for me, mm. it was like a lot of body image stuff. So she was always like, you're not good enough. You're not skinny enough. Mm. Um, you're, no one likes you. You don't have friends. You don't fit in. When I drank that first time, what I got from it was just that liquid courage. You know, mm. it was like, I've said this before, but it felt like warm honey in my veins. Like I could relax. And I was, I felt like I was the version of myself that I always wanted to be. Mm. Like guys were talking to me and I was flirting and I was making jokes and I was taking pictures with people and I felt like I had friends. And um, it really continued that way for me for years. Drinking was really fun and yeah. I loved it and it made me feel amazing. And it was like the solution to a lot of my problems. Totally. And like, I just want to, I just want to pause right there. Cause I just want to say like to have this need of connection, to make friends, to feel social, like that, that is one of the deepest like needs. And when, when that is unmet, we feel so isolated because mm -hmm. When we feel like we are in a group, when we feel like we fit in, our brain deems that as safe. It deems it as secure because when you go back to when our brain was evolving, when we could be in a group, we could, you know, we could stay safe and we could stay secure. So that need was unmet for you. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, wait, this need is met. Like this, like very innate human need that is within all of us. And I think that makes sense. It makes sense why that felt so good for you in that moment. And mm -hmm. it worked for you for a while and then it didn't. What, how did that go? I remember when I got sober hearing someone say drinking started out as fun and then it became fun with problems mm. and then it was just problems. Mm. And that was my experience. I went to college and there was just a lot of drinking and mm. it was so much fun and I felt like I was a part of and I loved my friends and I loved the group and I felt very safe and secure tucked into a group of other people, right? Mm. And I moved to New York City when I graduated from college and things changed for me. So I basically had been in a pretty serious relationship when I was in college and we broke up and I moved to New York city. We were supposed to move there together. And instead I moved there obviously like not with him and was living with friends instead. And I was so sad, so lost, felt like my foundation, you know, had been ripped out from under me and alcohol was really there for me. How do we make our clothing more conscious? If you're anything like me, you love this beautiful place that we get to call home, planet Earth. And fast fashion is a huge issue facing our beautiful home. And that's why I am so excited that this podcast is sponsored by Woven because I have loved this brand for years. First of all, it's so cute. It's so comfy. They are making sustainability sexy. And on top of that, it is female founded, BIPOC owned, and it's slow fashion. At Woven, everything is made from recycled water bottles. And for each sale, Woven removes one pound of trash from the ocean. We love it. We love Woven. And if you don't want to take my word for it, let's listen to the science. The problem with fast fashion is that materials do not biodegrade. And the fabrics that do break down often contain chemicals that contaminate soil and the water table. Plus, over 700 gallons of water is used to make one cotton t-shirt. And because of the sad fact that 2.5 million plastic bottles are disposed every hour in America alone, 
Wolven saw this as an amazing opportunity to create a brand that is sustainable and sexy. And the best part of it is their mission. Wolven has always been a brand that is committed to earth first. Their objective is for clothes and the brand to become a catalyst that helps start a bigger conversation around the environment. That's why I'm literally so honored to be working with Wolven. They are a dream brand of mine, and I want to give you guys 20% off just for our skinny dipping listeners. We love a good discount. So use code, all lowercase, skinny dipping for 20% off of your purchase at Wolven. You can visit them online by going to wolventhreads.com. That's W-O-L-V-E-N-T-H-R-E-A-D-S.com. And let's make sustainability sexy together. And we're back with my favorite app ever. As you guys know, this podcast is sponsored by Open. Not only do they have an amazing studio in California, but also there is something that everybody can use and it's their app. I use this app daily for meditation and breath work and even sound bowl classes. There's Pilates, there's yoga, there's literally everything that you need for your wellness habits because your habits put you on the road to the life that you want to create for yourself. And that's what I want for you. With Open, you have unlimited live and on-demand breathwork, meditation, Pilates, yoga classes, and more. There is an amazing plethora of teachers, and you can literally cancel at any time. The best part about this is that I want to give you 30 days for free. Yes, 30 days for free. So you can try it for a whole month, see if you like it, and you know if you can't afford it, cancel it. But just try it out because this app is literally life-changing. It's my favorite app ever. You're going to go to withopen.com slash dipping. Again, that's withopen.com slash skinny dipping to get 30 days for free now. Like right now. Go check it out. Unless you're driving, check it out later. Love you guys. Let's get back to the episode. Right? Like I, everyone was going out all the time. You're 23, living in New York City. Everyone has their first jobs. They're excited. And um, so I really feel like my drinking kind of progressed in those first couple of years in the city. But I didn't realize that like, all of my friends weren't blacking out every time they drank. I was blacking out pretty much any time I drank. And what I learned was, you know, my brain chemistry had changed because I of like a lot of my blackouts when I was young and the way that I had been drinking for a long time. And the blackouts had become like my default setting in, mm-hmm. in my brain. And once I started to drink, it was very, very hard for me to stop. You know, it's boring. It's the same story over and over again. Blacking out, waking up, being hungover, the shame, being like, who did I text? Who's mad at me? Mm. What did I do? Like, this is not the person that I want to be. And then just feeling physically so sick and skipping plans and being on my couch all weekend and just being like, this is not who I want to be, you know? Yeah. The shame and the depression that comes after that is just so painful and yeah. just like debilitating honestly yeah. like you can't do anything right it feels like and I had things I wanted to do I had always wanted to write I had studied writing in mm. college I wasn't writing you know I had a job and I went out with my coworkers, and I but I felt like I was just sort of I would go to workout classes I was like on a hamster wheel you know mm. just like doing the same things but never actually doing any of the things I talked about wanting mm. to do and like pursuing my dreams I woke up a few days after my 28th birthday and I had just had another night it was no worse or different honestly it wasn't my worst night actually um but I just felt like I was done like I had this voice in my head that was like if you continue doing this nothing will ever change Mm -hmm. and I felt very stagnant in my relationships I felt very I was like really struggling to form intimate connections with people I just felt very 
blocked, mm-hmm. you know, and I would look at myself in the mirror sometimes and just feel like I didn't recognize myself. Like, like my eyes kind of felt like empty. Yeah. Like the sparkle was gone. Yeah. Like yeah. I would laugh and I would be like, I don't feel joy. Like nothing's funny. Like it was weird. Yeah. I just felt very em- empty for lack of a better word. And, um, I woke up that morning and I was like, I think I'm done. Mm. I think I'm done. And I just had this like glimmer. It was like this gift of desperation that was Mm. truly so, I was just desperate to not feel so bad. I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And I just, that was like the first day that I didn't drink. And um, a lot's happened between now and then. It was a little over five years ago. But, you know, I never wanted to be sober that was really the 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 biggest thing for me was I didn't want to be sober because I just felt like you know how could I be how can I be in my 20s and not drink how could I what will dating be like I really want to get into that like through the book like you talk about your own experience but you also kind of talk about the social aspect of it Mm -hmm. and I definitely want to know your thoughts on that like what what role do you feel like drinking plays within relationships and and friendships and and just socializing in general like even in a workplace like mm-hmm. what what relationship do you see everyone has a different relationship with alcohol so for mm. some people you know they're able to have one drink at a work function and it doesn't totally alter their state of mind they still feel present they still it's it's an authentic connection for other people, myself included, I think alcohol really has become and can become a crutch in mm. a lot of situations. If you're in a situation where you start to feel uncomfortable or maybe you just are a little socially awkward, work event, a wedding, a date, a dinner with friends, mm. alcohol is just a super accessible crutch that you can pick up that sort of like gets you outside of yourself. And for me, what happened was like I became so reliant on this crutch And it played such a role in my identity during these very formative years to the Mm. point where, you know, being drunk at a happy hour with coworkers sort of just masked everything that I was really feeling, which Mm. was I don't like love my job or I don't love the work environment. I actually don't feel like my bosses are, you know, hearing me or respect Mm. me or right. Like there were there were real things that were going on. But once I started to drink, it was like, it's fine, you know, yeah. like whatever. It was the cover up for sure. And thank you, first of all, for telling your story and being so vulnerable, because I think that that is a hard thing to talk about. But also we need to normalize it because alcohol is such a big part of our culture. And I know so many people in my life who struggle with alcohol, myself like included, like I definitely don't go crazy and get blacked out but I definitely know that when I have one drink I'm not just gonna have one drink Mm -hmm. and for me I just hate that when I go out I feel like I need to drink I I feel like I need to do it to socialize I don't even want to be there if I'm not drinking Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't even belong there in that moment I can't even connect with anyone if I'm not on their same level and then you know I end up drinking drinking a little bit too much feeling sick the next day feeling depressed the next five days feeling depleted of all my happy hormones and then I'm not able to you know focus on my career focus on the podcast focus on the things I want to create focus on my relationship I get post-drinking anxiety and then I'm like fuck why am I poisoning my fucking body and I think it's about having like choice right Mm -hmm. like it's not even about like this is good and this is bad it's like do I have a choice in this moment and I know that 
I, I talk about this on my podcast. Like, I smoke weed, and, like, that's more so what I have a more struggling relationship with. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not high right now. Like, I, I will smoke at nighttime when I go home, but, like, every single day. And, like, it is really a way that I deal with my anxiety and, and cope with my anxiety. And I don't really know how to deal with it outside of that. Like, I don't know what self-soothing feels like outside of it. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of people in my generation can relate to that. But it does compare to alcohol in that way, even though it is so different and definitely a lot less invasive to your body, like, and and doesn't, like, leave you feeling, like, hungover. I definitely struggle to be like, okay, well, I don't know if I can sit in this discomfort. Yeah. You know, and I want to be, I want to be social. I know that that is something I want, but it's like, I think we think that discomfort is bad I don't know Mm -hmm. how did you feel when you were in that discomfort and in those anxiety moments being like oh my god I'm like going on this first date I'm not gonna have this like drink to like give me that liquid confidence like what was that experience like so here's the thing in the beginning of our conversation I was talking about how all I wanted was to be liked and I felt like I was unlovable and I felt Mm -hmm. like I had all these insecurities and so when I got sober of course all of those insecurities are like front and center very loud in my brain I'm on a date and I'm like oh god like does he like me does he think it's so weird that I'm not drinking like I was so insecure about that I'm out with friends I'm at a wedding I'm like oh everyone knows I'm not drinking what I've learned is the question that I was always asking was, do they like me? And when I shifted it and started to ask, do I like them? Mm. It was a game changer for me. And that discomfort that came up for me in those early situations was really good information. Mm -hmm. I was ignoring that information. I was overriding those messages from my brain for years, right? I would feel discomfort and Mm -hmm. I would drink over it. And then I would just be like, okay, yeah, I'm down. Like, let's go out. Let's stay out all night, whatever. When I started listening to my brain, what it was sometimes telling me was I'm uncomfortable. I'm tired. Yeah. I don't feel good with this person. This yeah. person's energy makes me uncomfortable. Mm. They make me feel bad. I leave this interaction feeling worse than when I got here. Yeah. And I started paying attention to that and being like, maybe I don't have to spend time with these people. Not all of my friends. Most of my friends from when I was drinking are still my friends today, but there were certain relationships and certain my professional life, certain things that I was doing that I actually, that didn't feel aligned. Mm-hmm. And I was just ignoring that, that voice. And it just got harder and harder to ignore. If you know me, you know that my skin is sacred to me. And therefore I will not use products that do not reflect the sacredness of my skin. And that's why I'm so grateful to be partnering with Bio Republic Skincare. I'm going to give you a really good deal at the end, so please stick around for this ad. Bio Republic prides themselves on finding natural alternatives to toxic ingredients. It's better for our bodies, better for the planet, and it always yields better results. And I swear to God, since I've been using the skincare... My skin has never been more glowing. My favorite thing is their new series, Naturology, which is literally going to change the entire game of skincare because it's the perfect mix of nature, technology, and science. And you know I love science. They are using products from the earth, like moss for moisturizing, glacial snow algae for firming, snow lotus for smoothing, multi-peptide for restorative properties, and rose water for hydration. And on top of it, they are 
100% biodegradable and vegan. And also, literally, they're so accessible. You can get them at Target or Walmart or CVS. It doesn't have to be so out of reach to use amazing natural skincare with BioRepublic. My absolute favorite products that I've been using from them are the T-Zen mask, which is a clinically designed T-zone treatment. If you have blackheads, this is for you. It's formulated with activated charcoal that can readily absorb oils, toxins, and impurities from the skin's surface. And from their Naturology line, their glacial snow algae has literally changed my life. Glacial snow algae thrives on tops of glaciers and it resists the biting wind and the really intense cold. So you can see that its ability to survive in such extreme conditions shows that it is a fierce adversary against free radicals. So why not use it for our skin? Research has shown that this routine promotes cellular detoxification and limits collagen destroying enzymes while increasing collagen production. And you know, we love collagen production for healthy, glowing, firm skin. I'm going to give you 25% off your entire order. Yes, literally your entire order for the best skincare that money can buy. Use code KELA. 2023, that's Kayla, my name, 2023, to receive 25% off your order at biorepublic.com. Don't walk, run 25% off at biorepublic.com. Also, you can check in the description below on the podcast and it's going to link you right there and I'll hook you up because we all need this natural yet high performance, easy skincare for ourselves. Love you guys. Let's get back to the episode. Skinny Dipping is sponsored by BetterHelp. Every time I go to therapy, I learn something new about myself. For so long, I didn't want to know myself. I was avoiding myself. And once I started going to therapy, I realized that I am worth knowing and I should know myself deeper. I remember when I realized like I had anxiety and it completely changed my life and just like made me feel so understood. And therapy literally changed my life. And therapy isn't affordable or accessible for everyone, and that's why it's so important to have amazing options like BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great place to begin. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can literally switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential and get to know yourself deeper with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash skinny dipping to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash skinny dipping. Check it out, guys. When I was sober, you know, and in early sobriety, like you're just relearning how to do everything. You're like a, a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I tried to be really gentle with myself and I also like didn't do it alone. I had a therapist. I found like a recovery community. Like, so I had people who really carried me. And again, that community aspect that we talked about earlier, you know, that was super helpful for me in early sobriety it was just being able to like talk to people. And I was introduced to like other girls who didn't drink. And that was everything to be mm-hmm. like, texting someone from the bathroom at a wedding being like everyone's drinking I feel really like uncomfortable like what do I do and insecure and I remember her being like get a coffee like get a diet coke get something with caffeine so that you feel a little bit like energized and on everyone's level and no one's paying attention to what's in your glass and you can leave when Mm. you know you can leave you don't have to be the last person at the party and I was like oh okay like yeah I can stay for another hour and then see how I feel and 
oftentimes, like once that hour had passed, I was having more fun and Mm -hmm. I was dancing and like I was I was surprised at how I was actually able to have fun, you know, without drinking. And that has only continued to like exponentially increase for me. Like I got married sober. I had Mm -hmm. the absolute best time ever at my wedding. I I don't even want to be drunk at my wedding. I feel like I would just be like sad the next day and then I wouldn't even be able to like be intimate with my partner. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really want to go back to what you said about. <laughs> do I like them? Like, do I want them to like me or do I like them? Like yes. that question. And I think going back to what we were talking about earlier and that like innate need for human connection, it's so important to always ask myself like and ask ourselves like, am I looking for connection right now or am I looking for validation? Yeah. And really being honest with ourselves and owning our shit and being like, okay, is this connection I'm looking for? Do I want intimacy? Do I want closeness? Is that what I want? Because that's what's going to leave me fulfilled. That's what's going to leave me feeling actually whole and purposeful and and like I have support around me or, or do I want validation? Do I want these people to like me mm-hmm. when I don't even like them? I think yeah. it's so important to ask ourselves that question. And honestly, like, I'm all about the actionable steps. So if like somebody like me is like, I'm sober curious, but yeah. like, I'm like, damn, I'm like, I, I don't even know where to begin or, or what to do or what would be like, I don't know, a couple like steps that you would recommend. Like, I know that you're like, oh, your, your journey is going to be different than anyone's, of course. But if you could, you know, maybe recommend something to your younger self, what would that be? I think two pieces of advice come to mind one is to take it one day at a time Mm -hmm. I used to get so overwhelmed by the concept of like never drinking again or never smoking pot or never doing anything again right Mm -hmm. it can feel so overwhelming and then it's just like okay never mind like I'll just I'll do it tonight and then I'll figure it out tomorrow right and like all we really have is now and Mm -hmm. like this moment we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow I have no idea what's going to happen in in a week like I could drink again like I don't know I don't say I'm never going to drink again because that's too overwhelming for my brain yeah so I truly take it in like 24 hour increments and that's definitely something I did when I was new was like okay what's what's happening tonight like do I have a dinner do I have an event I'm not going to drink at this event tonight. And then, like, if I want to drink tomorrow, I can drink tomorrow. And I used to, like, play tricks with myself that wow, way. Wow, I love that. That is so smart, honestly, yeah. because when you tell your brain, especially when it's your protection mechanism, right? Like, the alcohol is a protection mechanism to make you feel safe, secure, confident, whatever it is. When you say, oh, I'm going to take this away from you, never again, your ego is going to fight back ten times and you're going to want to get blackout and you're going to want to get like twice as drunk because Mm -hmm. it's going to retaliate we need to work with our mind because our mind doesn't our ego especially does not like being told no when it thinks that you are taking away its protection mechanism Mm -hmm. no go it's gonna fight it and that's something my therapist always says to me when we're dealing with different things like maybe around I have done work around drinking or or doing work around smoking weed or doing work around like certain reactions that I create to protect myself she's always like we're not taking this away. Like Mm -hmm. we're not taking this away. Like we're just going to add healthier things to it so that you have choice now and it no longer can limit you. Mm -hmm. And when she says that my ego relaxes, my brain can 
let down the walls and be like, okay, no, you're not going to take this away from me. You're not going to, you're not going to take my binky away from me that I need in this moment. We're safe. We're okay. And Mm -hmm. I can have it if I want. I just have choice now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the difference. And I think that's so smart. The 24 hour increments and just like play little tricks with your mind. I love that shit. Yeah. You're not, it's not forever. It's just for tonight. The other thing is in the night, like when you're out and you're at the table and there's someone sitting next to you drinking and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God play the tape forward in your brain and this is something I did all the time okay so I take this first drink and then what happens how do I feel and then I take another drink and then how does my night end for me it was always I'm drunker than I wanted to be Mm -hmm. how do I feel when I wake up tomorrow morning picture myself opening my eyes waking up in my bed my head is throbbing I'm like shit I drank and I didn't want to and I went into the night saying I wasn't going to and I'm thirsty and I have to cancel my plans and I would literally like play a movie in my head of what it would look like if I had that one drink and it really helped because ultimately I would get to the point of like okay like I'm back where I started I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. it's not worth it this one drink isn't going to be different than all the ones before and you're reasoning with yourself and I like that because our our logical mind needs proof like from a scientific perspective, like we are constantly making meaning and making stories and and gathering proof from our past experiences and, and the past evidence we have. So just doing a little bit of reasoning with yourself can be so powerful and and actually having the awareness and the conscious ability to have conversations with yourself and have that little moment with yourself rather than just turning a blind eye to it. I love I love the actionable advice. I know for me personally, the mocktails Whenever I've done like my month of no drinking, like the mocktails are a necessity for me. I mm-hmm. need a bevy. Yeah. I need a bevy. And I realized, like I realized after doing it, and I usually have an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Usually when I do like a month without drinking, usually we'll do like no drinking, maybe like three days a week, not smoking weed because me and my best friend, like we both kind of have the same things. And then like three times a week working out, like whatever it is, like having a little accountability set yeah. up for herself. And it's so it's so helpful to I just realized during the during the multiple times I've done that I've probably done it like eight times at this point yeah. like just like for a month because I'm always like I hate drinking and my therapist is like no you don't you got to be fucking honest with yourself there's something you like it like don't lie to yourself and I realized I just want a damn bevy like mm-hmm. I just literally I want to I want to have a cute drink that's sweet and that's yummy and yeah. I want to I want to feel frisky in it and yeah. And sometimes I don't even need the alcohol because I say this thing to my boyfriend. I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, I'm not going to have one drink tonight because like if I have one drink, I'll have a headache. But if I have three, I'll be tipsy and I'll be drunk and that'll be fun. So there's no in between. Like I'm either going to like actually feel something. I'm not going to just like have one drink and then get a headache. Mm -hmm. And he's like, or you could just have one drink. And I was like, I'm not even going to drink if that's the case. And I've just like created this meaning in my head, which honestly makes sense because I know that once I have one I'm gonna want to have another one and then I'm gonna want to have another one and I've realized like if I can just literally as soon as I sit down at the table like because I go out to dinner a lot so that's when it, where I really struggle I don't really like go out out a lot yeah I, I haven't really I, I really do struggle I really haven't gone out sober maybe we'll talk about that in a second because I'm really curious of your experience but I realize is if as soon as I sit down and, and I want a drink and like my boyfriend's having a beer, mm-hmm. we're at sushi, there's sake there, I mm-hmm. love sake or something like that. That's a really hard one for me. If I order my mocktail first, I, I tell myself, I'm like, okay, I kind of play the game with myself. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you order this drink first? And then if you still want it afterwards, 
then you can have it. Like, mm-hmm. I literally, like, tell myself that. And every single time, like, once I have my mocktail, I'm like, mm, I'm okay. Mm. I don't think I need a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said about, like, just wanting a bevy and wanting a drink in mm-hmm. your hand. And I think that's really good advice in any situation is to, like, have a drink that you like. Something other than just, like, water. Um, yeah, not water. Just that's like not a bevy. A, it's not a bevy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, like, having a drink in your hand. Some people, it's Diet Coke, whatever it is. And, and just something that genuinely, like, sparks joy for you and, like, having that drink. In terms of going out, you know... Like I said, I was in my 20s when I got sober and living in New York. So I was going out a lot more than I am now. And I did a lot. I went dancing. I went to concerts. Like I went to bars. I went out with friends. You can truly go anywhere and not drink Mm -hmm. if you feel confident in your decision. And I would have like really fun nights. And Mm. they didn't necessarily last as long as they had lasted when I was drinking. Like (laughs) I got tired, (laughs) you know, and like that's okay. Like at a certain point in the night, like nothing that interesting is happening anyway, right? It's like unless you're drunk and that's a thing. Your perspective your perception is altered. Totally. And so it's like, okay, like nothing good happens after two AM. Like I probably don't need to like be out past two and like that's fine. Um But I would mostly just like try to pump myself up. Like when I would be getting ready, I would like have some candy. Like I was a big sugar girl when Mm. I was first sober because that's like A, it helps with cravings Mm. like scientifically and B, it just like gives you a little bit of like a sugar rush, Mm. which to me mimicked like being buzzed. So I would like have some candy always at home. Like I would keep candy in my in my kitchen, put on a playlist that I loved, like do my makeup, get dressed, like Mm. just make like I would feel really cute. And then when I would go out, I would just, like, focus on being present for the experience, you know, in a mm. way that, like, I had never been before. Theoretically, the point of going out is to enjoy some sort of an experience, whether yeah. it's listening to live music or hanging out with your friends or dancing. And when I was drunk, I wasn't experiencing any of it. I was mm. just drunk. I was in my own world. I could have been anywhere. And so I actually, like, had so much fun. Like, I loved going to shows and, like, listening to music. And, like, Mm. it's, like, a really cool spiritual experience when you're present for that, you know? Same with dancing and just being with my friends. Like, Mm. I would ask them questions and listen to their answers. And that was hard for me to do when I was drinking because Mm. even on nights where I wasn't, like, going crazy. Say I had a night where I would have, like, four or five drinks, which is, like, still a good amount of drinks, but whatever. drunk, Yeah. I was in my head from the point that I ordered my first drink thinking about when am I going to get my second drink? Is this person finished with her drink? How long do I have to wait before I can order it? Like I want to make sure she's ordering another one because I don't want to like – and so I wasn't present for the conversation. I was in my own head thinking about my own stuff. And so, you know, in terms of like actionable advice for going out sober, it's like try to pay attention to the conversation that you're having and like – You know, it's like a form of like being of service to the person that you're with is like listening to them and actually showing up for them, you know, and um, that's just that was just not how I operated when I was drinking. Yeah, I love that. And and for you, like because the alcohol gave you such confidence, like how did you begin the journey of really developing that confidence within yourself? Or is that still a journey that you're very much so on? Or what was that experience like? That took time for me. I do feel like worlds away from the girl that I was when I got Mm. sober I feel so much more confident in my own skin and you know just in my in who I am today it was honestly just like accumulation of a lot of sober references of being like wow I got through this experience and I feel great and like Mm. it built my confidence to know that I could stay sober because it was a very hard thing for me especially in the beginning and the longer I stayed sober like 
I was proud of myself. Of course. Right? And yeah, so I was you like, feel good about yourself. Good. I'm like, wow, like I, I'm doing this really hard thing. And if I could do that, like what else could I do? You yeah. know? And and in tandem, I was like doing all the work. I was journaling. I had a meditation practice. Mm. I was going to therapy. I was exercising, like spending time with friends, going on walks. Like I was doing a lot of self-care. But it was really just like not perpetuating this like pattern that had always made me feel like so bad about mm. myself that actually helped. I also really tried to get out of my own head and like be present for people in my life and esteemable acts build self-esteem and when I was drinking I wasn't doing anything for anyone I was literally just only thinking about myself all Mm -hmm. the time and you know so that I think also contributed to like feeling more confident but then you know when I had about a year sober I changed career paths I had been working in marketing and you know at a startup and I was like I really want to write like that is what I feel called to do and I started freelancing and I published essays for The Cut, for The New York Times, for publications that I really like respected and mm. had always read. And um, and I wrote about my experiences being sober and you know, like going to sober weddings, sober dates, just like those firsts. And I felt so proud of myself for like trying finally to do the thing that I had always talked about doing because I was talking to any guy who at the bar who would listen to me about how I wanted to write a book when I was drunk like I was that girl that was like I'm gonna write a book like I love to write it's like okay (laughs) then do it then do it and like you're not doing it because you're drunk and then you're hungover and like you're not doing anything so seeing just like like my name in print and being like I wrote Mm. something like I'm actually like doing the things that I'm talking about doing Ugh. that just felt really amazing and like over time it's been like those small moments that have just like continued to build my confidence I love that and and I always say this that I believe that self-discipline is the strongest form of self-love and it completely mm-hmm. translates to that self-discipline leads to self-love and self-love le- leads to self-confidence and I always use this example that I absolutely love and And think about it like this. Okay. If you have a best friend, okay. And they keep their word to you, right? They they say they're going to show up at a certain time. They say that they're going to text that person for you, that they're going to pick you up from the airport, whatever it is that they're going to call you later tonight. Every single time they keep their word to you, you build trust in them. Mm -hmm. And with that, you build a deeper and more intimate connection with them. Every time somebody else keeps your word to you, you, you almost fall deeper in love with them and, and you are so grateful for them. And it's the exact same thing for yourself. Mm. Like think about yourself as your own friend. Like every single time you keep your word to yourself and you have that self-discipline to embody self-love, what happens is you are going to begin to trust yourself. And that's the deepest form of self-love is is that inner trust and that inner being which leads to that confidence. And I'm just so fucking proud of you. And you are so inspiring. And congratulations on the book. And doing what you said you were going to do because – you know, I think we almost self-sabotage ourselves mm-hmm. by, you know, having these addictions and codependencies because we're scared of our own power mm-hmm. and we're scared of how brilliant we can be and everything that we can create. And we're almost like scared of our own our brilliance, you know, and with that comes that self-sabotage. And I think addictions play a huge part in that. And the fact that when you cleared out that path, now you are able to clear out this like sober, amazing path for yourself to write this amazing book, you know? Yeah. That is like transforming your life because it's doing amazing, right? Thank like, you. How are you feeling? It's wild, you know? And it's like, it, it's what I was saying earlier about taking it one day at a time with not drinking. Like I've had to take it one day at a time with all of these things, with writing, with writing the book, right? And it's like, 
self-sabotage is so real. I can Mm -hmm. still sometimes fall into that thinking of like, I don't deserve this. Like everyone wants this. Why me? Why should I get to do it? And because you're doing it, you're showing up. Not everyone does it. Right. And also I think it's like shifting your mindset from one of scarcity to one of abundance Mm -hmm. and like trusting that there's infinite space for anyone who wants to do it bookshelves are big there's room for tons of books right like (laughs) I didn't think that for a long time I felt like anytime I saw someone else getting a book deal it was like one less book deal for me you know or anytime someone was getting a boyfriend it was like one less guy for me or whatever it's like oh that's such a that's such a small way of thinking you know and I know I love I love shifting that mindset too instead of like oh that means one less thing for me it's like oh that is the universe or source or god or whatever showing me that that is possible for me they're putting that in my field they're putting that in my space so that I can see that this is possible for somebody else so it's mm-hmm. possible for me too mm-hmm. yeah 100% and you know when I stopped drinking what also happened was like my mind was cleared and like it gave me space to mm-hmm. you know have a relationship with like the universe like something bigger than me to have like that spiritual connection that I never had before I was gonna ask like yeah I feel like a lot of um energy workers that I work with really say that drinking really blocks your like third eye and like your head chakra which is like what's gonna connect you most to something greater than yourselves and Mm -hmm. and and they'll actually if I go in and and drink like my energy workers that I work will will know they'll be like oh you drank this weekend I can tell they're like I need to clear that shit out for you girly because that is like blocking your space and yeah and I mean that's a whole different like conversation with someone who knows a lot about that because I mean obviously the social norm around drinking and and how you know the government just like is fine with us drinking and fine with us like smoking cigarettes and all these things that are like so unhealthy for us and really block us from our connection to ourselves and and knowing ourselves because once we wake up you 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 almost can't go back to sleep yeah like do you feel like once you woke up from like the haze that you were were in you were like I can never go back to sleep oh my god yes once I started to feel better like I wrote this in one of my first essays like getting sober I felt like I was waking up in clean sheets every Mm. single day like it felt so good And I was like, why have I been living this other way for so long? You know, Mm -hmm. and it does it. It it is the alcohol industry is a business. And it reminds me of like a lot of the conversations that have happened around, you know, food. Right. And Mm -hmm. where we source our food from and like totally sugar and like these big like industries that are massive that are like funneling down to us these messages that like we need to eat fast food and and Mm -hmm. soda and all this stuff. And once you start to right like shift your perspective have more vegetables, drink more water. You feel amazing. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was vibrating at this frequency. Mm. It was similar for me with alcohol. It was like, oh my God, this thing has been really blocking me. I feel so much better now. It doesn't have to be for everyone, right? But for me, I cannot imagine the life I have today if I was still drinking. It just wouldn't be possible for me. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and it seems like in the process, like every time every, I see this like vision of like you like coming up to this wall almost and like, and like you have this opportunity to like, you could have, you could have drank and you could have just like gone back to it or you could like push through the wall and you could push through the uncomfortability. And, and it seems like every single time you push through that anxiety moment and that uncomfortable moment and you had the bravery to do that it seemed like you gained confidence within yourself would you say that's accurate a hundred percent yeah yeah amazing yeah 
tell us a little bit about your book and you and where we can find you so everyone can go read your book now because that was just the littlest preview of your story and, and yeah. I cannot wait to read it. I'm hopefully I think I'm gonna try to read it before this episode actually airs. That's definitely like my goal. Love it. Do you have an audio version? I do. I, re- I recorded the audio book so you uh, can listen to and my you have voice. A great voice read it. too. Thank you. Amazing. So tell us where can we find you? Where can we find yeah. the book? Plug yourself, Queen. So the book is called Drinking Games. You can find it wherever books are sold. You can get it online. Uh, my website is sarahllevy.com and it has links to purchase. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah L. Levy. And it'll all be tagged below too, as well as the link to the Audible and where you can buy the book. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to just like leave us with before before we finish off? Just like any any final thoughts? My final thought is if you're listening to this episode and there's something that you're considering doing a change that you're considering making something that you're scared of but that you think is no longer serving you I promise there's something amazing waiting for you on the other side Mm -hmm. and I was so scared to give up alcohol I truly was and I gave up one thing and I got so much in return so Mm -hmm. I know that it's if it's possible for me it's possible for you too chills thank you so much I, Thanks, I'm, I'm so inspired by your self-discipline and and confidence and ability to share the story and thank you so much for being here Thanks Sarah. for thank having you. me I can't wait to read the book <laughs> Yay! okay bye bye warmer sunnier days are calling so fuel up with them with factors no prep no mess meals If you are like me, sometimes you can forget to feed yourself when you're super busy, and that's why I love Factor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian-approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious and great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore, and you can have as little or as much as you want every single week. And if this interests you at all, I'm going to give you guys 50% off only for skinny dipping listeners. So head to factormeals.com slash skinny 50 and use code skinny 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. Win win. That's code skinny 50 at factormeals.com slash skinny 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Go check it out. It'll make your life so effortless and nutritious. As the weather is getting warmer, it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I've wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul and I don't want to spend a fortune. I'm constantly wearing the 100% washable silk slip dress and people ask me all the time where I got it from. I've also now got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking on trend year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Kintz cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Kintz only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which you know is so important to me when it comes to clothing brands. Get warm weather ready with Kintz. Go to kintz.com slash skinny dipping for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash skinny dipping to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Kintz.com slash skinny dipping.